It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day. He's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. Well, we have the PNC parent-child. I have a cool guest this afternoon. I think you all enjoy. He's a PGA artist of sorts. A little recap on the match from last Saturday. Nine days until the big day there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Yep. And two weeks left for this year. What better way to procrastinate than with the pro show? <laughs> Light it up. this time of every week i think to myself how we ended up with the pro show the red hot chili peppers and can't stop <laughs> and it happened again this week i was listening to a sports radio and they came back from spots and i'm like Whoa. Uh, something like, inside you get you like i should be doing something right now yes i feel like i'm in the studio or saying good afternoon it's not friday though it's another tease yeah i was telling a story the other day about people always ask me why i do the good afternoon and, and yell it out or whatever, but um, it's uh, out of respect to uh, Adrian Cronauer, of all things. I know you and I have discussed this before off air, but um, it goes back to Robin Williams and Good Morning oh, yeah, Vietnam. Yeah, 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 Adrian yeah, yeah, Cronauer yeah, yeah, yeah. was the was a character he played, and um, that initial scene it was one of the most impactful scenes I've ever seen in the movies. That first like 35 seconds right, that he yeah. did on air um, was one of those things that, I, I mean, it just can't be touched in my mind of uh, ad lib, um, humor combined with drama, and um, it was not scripted. Uh, I've read all about it over the years, but uh, that's where that comes from. And uh, the song itself, I, I don't know where that came from. Um, it just popped in. It was probably one of your playlist hits at and one I, point. That wasn't our permanent opening song. for It, it just started as a song, I think. Then it I was did. like, okay, I think that's going to stick. And it ended up sticking like glue. I think the day I think Red the day glue. the day you used it you you said something to me off air like you can't stop the pro show or something I was like well there we go here we go here we go and speaking of you can't stop um you can stop because golf stopped this week I mean I know we have the PNC parent child but uh as a dad I I am not going to write about betting on um um children yeah children <laughs> At least not not yet. Not for golf, at least. Not for golf, yes, for sure. Uh, so it was nice to have a break this past early week uh, to not be writing four thousand words about uh, whatever tournament was tournaments were going on or whatever. So uh, got to catch up and check off a couple of boxes. There's some cool things going on. Read the line, um, which uh, w- one of which that came to fruition is that. Um, uh, I got a call from a good friend of ours, and uh, starting in January, when the season really begins at the Sony, not the Century, because that's not a full-field event, but with the first full-field event, um, one of the things that kind of skipped over time was season-long uh, fantasy golf play. Okay. So the, the original of, of fantasy sports came from baseball and football. Sure. I'm not, yep, I'm not yep. sure if you go back 25, 30 years when people were keeping their own stats and everything in, you know, community leagues and regional leagues and stuff like that, that they were just getting. I mean, this is pre-internet that people were right. doing this stuff and they, you know, it was tough back then. man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and stat people and everything. There weren't cell phones. And I mean, there, were, there was nothing. Um, so all of that stuff started season long. And then, you know, 
the way we all treat life now, like a flea on cocaine, you know, we can't wait 10 <laughs> seconds for anything. So it has to be daily, like fantasy sports that we do. And, um, you know, that e- evolution took place and here it is. But then we still have the season long stuff. But golf is going to make a resurgence in the season long because it never really had that um, evolution take place. We kind of skipped that. And sure. golf is uber popular when it comes to daily fantasy sports. But overall season long it hasn't really hit and people love the one and done leagues and everything and so um there's gonna we're we're gonna get together i got invited to be part of eight guys that are all leaders in the industry talking about guys like jason sobel from the action network and steve hennessy from golf digest and we're all gonna do a season-long thing on social media and and it's gonna be a lot of fun interesting we put a lot of content together for this so that came together this week um we got some calls from some very important people, LPGA, PGA Tour. So there's a lot of cool things going on there, my friend. Love it. Love yeah, it. I, I mean, um, especially in a week where I could concentrate on those things. That mm-hmm. um, <laughs> It was nice to have something to concentrate on. There's no doubt about that. Um, weekly update. How's the how's the holiday shopping going? Um, yeah, um, the boxes have started. It, it's trickling down. Okay. The boxes show up my house on a daily basis, on okay. my daily basis. Still waiting for a couple of those things. It's like, you know. Dates like first the dates like you know it'll get here between December sixteenth and January eighth and you're like all right wait a second let's tighten that because that's not what that said when I click that order now button yeah so there's a little bit of nervousness we'll see there's no holiday on January 9th? I don't uh, Boxing Day I think that's a little that's right after Christmas right yeah. uh yeah I think that's like I don't know I don't ask Conor McGregor um, I will we'll do so the, the what's interesting about all of this is I think we flipped flip the switch on retail you know now everyone has too much stuff where last year a year ago they didn't have anything yeah. so um you know stuff's been uh, stuff's been just rolling in i'm down with you and speaking of rolling in we got a guy rolling in today this afternoon good friend of mine chandler withington chandler's a pga professional um longtime club professional we're to hear yes could i be more professional yeah i mean i can only imagine where the hot buttons are going today <laughs> Um, he was, uh, most recently he was the director of golf up at Hazeltine National Golf Club, uh, 2016, 2000, yeah, 2016 Ryder Cup, um, that the U.S. won. Uh, he was the host professional there and, uh, he recently stepped away from the club professional business. Again, uh, a similar story, right? And, uh, he opened his own company and the guy is an incredible artist and, uh, the, the company just launched. He launched his first piece of artwork or whatever, and um, I got to tell this story because he's, well, he's great at telling stories, but uh, at the same time, uh, I can't wait to introduce what he's up to with all of you and our pop culture golf audience. You know, it's, and speaking of pop culture, this match that they had, this little match that they had last weekend with one Mr. Tiger Woods in it, um, it's, it's, it's funny. Arguably, when you look at the ratings between these two weekends, we're going to find out who's more popular, Tiger or his 14-year-old son, right? <laughs> Because you look at last week, and there was a lot of pros that happened to the match, in my opinion, my humble opinion, right? Um, other than the fact that uh, Spieth and Thomas won, right? Um, I thought the things were going to go the other way. I, I was, right. I did not get receive the memo that Roy McIlroy wasn't going to show up, but he did not. <laughs> uh, in order to play golf, he was definitely there to be an ambassador for the game. But uh, if you if you all didn't see it, uh, Jordan Spieth and and uh, Justin Thomas took it to the guys and uh, in a 12 hole match, which was one of the success stories of the whole thing. They won in 10 holes. So they were they were three. They won three and two. Um, a lot of really cool things about this. It was at night. Yeah, that, that's the coolest thing. And I didn't get a chance to say, but I, I saw some pictures and the night is just that, that's a really cool. It concept. was very, very cool. Um, 
lot of people, a lot of a lot of attendees were there kind of surrounding each hole. Now, granted, there's only one group on the golf course, so they can make it look good. Right. But the group kind of, you know, the fans kind of moved with them and everything. The 12 holes, just enough time. The selection of the time and date, right? Mm-hmm. College football ended, right? It right, was right, like right. They were competing against the Heisman Trophy, right? So they really didn't have much of live sports to go against. Um, I always think about when they do the the match, like the one they did with the football players, all things aside, just scheduling it in the summertime. There's a reason why back when you and I were kids that like they didn't come out with new TV shows in the summer, right? Yeah. When the sun's out, people want to go do things. Yep, exactly. Right? I mean, the sun sets at like, like what, 2.15? Right. You know, yeah. 2.15 in the afternoon these days, <laughs> right? So by the time I get to 6 o'clock and they're like, oh, let's watch a little golf under the lights, I'm like, well, this is pretty cool. They're down in Florida. The guys look like they're comfortable with yeah. what they're wearing. And I'm like, man, this is like something I could be into. And then they, they picked four guys that actually want to talk to one another. So that was good. Um, I think going forward where, you know, everyone was worried about Phil going away and Phil's voice, I think we've found a very, very ample substitute in Justin Thomas. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, uh, I have all the respect in the world for Justin Thomas as a player. He won the PGA, you know, my flagship uh, association's event this year. Incredible champion of golf and spokesperson. But, man, he likes to talk it. He likes to talk <laughs> the smack. And he, and he can he can say stuff to, to other people there, like Tiger, like Rory. And, you know, he can get away with it because – the guy's a, he's a major champion. Yep. So, but he was letting it fly, and I think that would made it very entertaining. Um, for some reason, Charles Barkley kind of hits as a commentator. Um, <laughs> he can like, commentate anything, I think. I, I, he really can. And uh, I mean, whatever language he's speaking, you actually <laughs> at times you can't understand it, and that's part of what makes and it. That's funny. okay, right? That's okay. You like that? You welcome that? But a lot of people don't know that you know Chuck was from Alabama and he went to Auburn and. Justin Thomas went to Alabama. Okay. And when he got into the whole, like the whole spiel where he, he said, Oh, tell me about Alabama university. And JT was like, Chuck, we're not going to go over this. (laughs) Right. Like, you know, it's the university of Alabama, but but like that theater. So I've always complained about the match that if there's only one group out there, there's not enough talk in between shots to kind of carry the broadcast. Right. But with the people you had and what was going on and, you know, like the kind of the caginess of Tiger where, you know, they played the one club hole and they said, you know, they asked every guy in the in the AirPod to say, like, what club they were using. And Tiger's like, one of the ones in my bag. <laughs> OK, like you get to play that role and everything. And then he hit this crazy bending shot. He's like, I'm going to bend this one a little bit. And he bent it like 50 yards. <laughs> right. And everyone's like, you know, like that's what shot tracers for, you right. know, bend it, it like Tiger. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> we'll make a movie. Right. Uh, but, you know, overall. I, I just thought I thought they did a really good job. Um, the date, the time, everything kind of fit. Um, you know, there are areas. Um, Tiger's health. You know, if I had to go through the cons, Tiger's health still seems like a little bit of a concern. Um, Rory didn't really show up to play, although he was gregarious and he was fun and everything and, and outgoing and, and he was talking and everything. But I, I would have liked to have seen a better match with more right. birdies. Are we going to um, see this again? I think we're going to see this again. Yeah. Nothing is announced yet, though. No, nothing's announced yet, but um, I've heard three of the four people, everyone but Tiger, um, talk about it afterwards, and they said we'd do it again in a heartbeat. So well, in fact, thanks. Again, if you, if you, if you get to the point where those people are committed again, you're doing it. Right on. You're doing it, and we didn't get we didn't get all twelve holes, which is the way it's set up. Um, better ball of partners. Maybe there's a way that there's. I mean, there's a million different formats we can have, folks. 
right? You could do points for 12 holes or something like that. We could get all 12 holes out of it. But the thing, if you if you watch the golf from when it started at, what, 7.05, the first tee shots were hit, it was done by 9.30. Okay. And you were like, boom, 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 and it was great. And at the end of the day, everyone's competing. And you and I were talking about this a little bit before the show this afternoon, but we're competing for eyeballs. We're competing for people's attention. Yep. And this had people's attention good bad or indifferent it had people's attention and there's a lot of different ways to go about that right now there's a lot of different leagues there's a lot of different shows there's a lot of different streaming options cable options a million different things that are out there you have to differentiate yourself in some manner tiger's a differentiator right um we'll talk more and and how this leads into the parent child this weekend the pnc down in orlando but you have to be a differentiator as a as a Radio show, we have to differentiate things. That's why we bring on people like Chandler this afternoon. These kind of unique stories exist in the golf ecosystem, and we're bringing them to the forefront. And it it's very interesting to me how after this thing in the seventh edition has kind of found its footing, right? which I think is unique. And it goes kind of to the point of what's made the PNC special. Well, there's going to be a common thread here, right? Tigers in both of these things, right? But you've got to get the buy-in from the biggest celebrities in your sport and you know, maybe this is where we're finding out that Phil or DJ just aren't that popular when it comes to the masses, right? Yeah. But when you look at how many people are reacting to this parent-child this weekend over Tiger and his child, right, playing golf and playing golf at what's going to be a high level in a format that's very friendly for families and everything, but then you look at what this has evolved into. You have arguably from from our age group, Right. We have the greatest men's player and Tiger playing in this yep. thing with his 14 year old son. And you have the greatest women's player and Annika playing with her. I think Will, her son, Will's 11 or he's 12. OK, so like you think about the reach of that. It's the week before Christmas. Right. Someone's doing something right. And the PNC has been going on for like 20 plus years where they were trying to roll out like Bernard Langer and his six kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this, that was not resonating. And man, we are really hitting this thing right now. Um, if you want to watch real quickly over the weekend, um, there's all different. You can stream it, Golf Channel, all sorts of things. But it's going to be on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, it's going to be on the Golf Channel from 1 to 2. Well, Peacock, 12 to 1. Ch Golf Channel, 1 to 2. NBC, 2 to 6 on Saturday. A little earlier on Sunday, probably to stay away from a lot of the football. But uh, you're going to start Peacock at 1130, Golf Channel at 1230, and NBC at 130. Uh, it'll wrap up by 430. It's a, it's a two-person scramble each day. We've got a great field. Um, everybody from the Gary Players and his grandson uh, to Lee Trevino. But then you've got Nellie Corda with her dad, Peter Corda, who obviously is a major champion in, in tennis. Right. Um, Jordan Spieth's there with his dad. JT with his dad. So cool. Tiger with his son. Um, just some really good theater. Uh, tune in if you want. If you don't, though, um, people are going to be talking about it. So if you're getting ready for the water cooler or however it is on Zooms that people do those things nowadays, FOMO. Um, I would definitely, I would definitely at least check the social channels. I mean, there'll be so much. I mean, it'd be like drinking from a fire hose. Um, it's like when your kid gets the throw up disease, you know, it's just like, oh, like, where does it all keep coming that. from? I mean, the amount of coverage there's going to be on a 14 year old kid, um, will be pretty unbelievable, but you know, I think he'll show up and I think he'll definitely entertain us. There's no doubt about that. And really the theme of all of this, the PNC parent child, don't lose sight of it all. But when you see Nelly with her dad or Jordan with his dad or whatever, I mean, it's this event has evolved. It's become really something that's a lot of fun to watch. And it's for all the right reasons mm -hmm. why yeah, I totally. love golf. You love golf and everyone that listens to this, God bless you all that we all love golf. 
And one of the reasons we do love golf is because of our friends, like at a place like the New Jersey Golf Foundation. The charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. The Inspiration Golf Range, located on the Lions campus of the VA New Jersey Healthcare System in Burns Township, is the new home site of golf programs for youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs. Open to the public, proceeds from the Inspiration Range will support foundation programs and events. To learn more about their plans for 2023 and beyond, visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. Record year for them, by the way. Wow. In um, donations and programming and everything that they did. That's awesome. Uh, Congratulations to Chris Hunt and the team. All right. 3.15 p.m. here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back in a moment with a great golf story. Mr. Chandler Withington. John Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when it comes to clearing it out. Y'all take care of me. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe (laughs) Jenkins, team of me. His name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, me Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. The Inspiration Golf Range, located on the Lions campus of the VA New Jersey Healthcare System in Bernard's Township, is buzzing as the new home site for golf programs in support of youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs. Led by PGA professionals, PGA Hope, Helping Our Patriots Everywhere, is a weekly rehabilitative golf program for veterans that is changing and saving lives. Special Olympics New Jersey golf athletes will be trained and competing at the Inspiration Range throughout the fall season, and a lineup of youth programs will also be on the schedule. The Inspiration Golf Range is open to the public and proceeds support the New Jersey Golf Foundation programming. To learn more about programs and special events, please visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. You know, life is not a linear journey. And even though our next guest uses a compass, finding your way takes a little more. Chandler Withington is a golf professional, an artist, and a friend. He's about to change things up, and I can't wait for him to tell you all about it. Still don't know what I was waiting for And my time was running wild A million dead-end streets and Every time I thought I got it made, it seemed the taste was not so sweet. Oh, man. You know, it, it's amazing so how music can encapsulate a moment there, Mr. Wade Weezer. You hit it all the time. Give me a little more. A little more Bowie. How the others must see Baker. I'm much too fast to take that test. Change All right, well, we have... One of the PGA's proudest this afternoon, Mr. Chandler Withington, and he has to face the strange this afternoon here on the Pro Show. Chandler, how are you, my friend? Yeah, Keith, good afternoon. Uh, I'm such a big fan of your show and you, so I'm just so happy to be on here with you. And Wade, thanks for the the song choice. That song hits hard. Um, <laughs> that's on my playlist often. Um, that's That's what I'm right in the middle of right now, so thanks for choosing that one. Well, you know what? You, my friend, have had a busy December. I mean, we all have busy Decembers in some way, shape, or form, but you have been, I mean, you have been busier than ever. I know we talk from time to time, and you just launched 
amidst the holidays. Most people are shutting down this time of year, and you are just getting started. Tell me what's going on. I love this story. Um, give my listeners, give them the Reader's Digest version, man. Tell me what's happening here. Yeah, well, what you're referring to is we, we launched a company called Archive 22. Um, it's It's been something we've been developing for close to a year from, since last Christmas. And, um, yeah, we're rushing to, to kind of get live. Um, there's a piece of artwork that we've been working to try and get live for not just the last year, but I think for the last four years that, you know, we finally were given the green light um, to get into the public. And that's the history of the U.S. Open. So um, that's our hallmark piece that we're starting with that some people might be familiar with or seeing. But um, the rush was really to get it available to the, the past 51 sites of the U.S. Open and to make it available to them and their golf shops and their members so we were able to get started uh, for Christmas here. We're going to have a little bit of a push um, through the holidays and then uh, get into 2023 and then start to look at what's next for us. Well, I got good news for you. Golf's popular these days. So the, the 10 days leading up to Christmas or whatever we have left um, isn't the time that someone's going to look at your piece of artwork there that I've seen and um, not be blown away. Now, um, an interesting thing there, you said we. So you're building this company, and uh, I have a million questions about all of this, but um, the first one that popped into my mind is that you said, we, who are you doing this with then? Yeah, we're, a, we're a company of basically two people right now. It's my wife, Maureen, and I. Um, but I think also when I say we, it's, you know, her and I are handling the business on a daily basis. I'm, I'm doing all the drawing and the selling, and she's handling all the back of the house, the finances, and all the logistics. Um, but it's, we've had so much help. That I, that I can't talk about this as I. Um, it's very far from being just a sole uh, project. It started as a hobby, but it's become so much bigger. And so my wife and I are, are running the ship for now, but we're going to have to expand and bring some more people on our team um, so that we can start getting to, to more living rooms and, and golf shops and things like that. But uh, for now, it's my wife and I getting it going. Now, I think Archive 22 is just the coolest idea, and it really kind of hits at this moment um, where golf is because golf and art and a lot of different things, golf's actually starting to collab. I've been talking about this for months that I wish like 10 years ago golf was collabing, and whether it be with designers or athletes or whatever, and the art world and, and everything's kind of meshing, so this is kind of cool, but I know for a fact that, I mean, you've obviously, at some point, you, when, when did you notice that you could draw? Right. When did you become what? Like, when did you notice you could be like get interested in being an artist? Well, before I wanted to be a golf pro, that was my dream. I wanted to be an architect uh, coming up through high school. Keith, I don't know if you can remember back when you're in high school and you meet with your guidance counselor and they say, you know, Keith, what do you want to be? What, what are you going to go to college for? My answer for years was architecture. I'm going to be an engineer, an architect. And I think that the harsh reality for me was I didn't have the grades to pursue it. Um, you know, I was so focused on architecture. I didn't really focused on any of their topics in high school. And um, so I, I couldn't really pursue that. So I became a golf pro and I, I wouldn't change any of that. But drawing was something I did as a kid. And then I just, I started unearthing it again um, about four years ago after we had our third child and staying home for winters here in Christmas, or sorry, uh, through the winters here in Minnesota, we just started sketching and working on some things. And then it's, um, it's kind of developed over the last four years. It's evolved and you know, I'm trying to get better with each piece that I do. So then how, where does, forget the name for a second, right? But where does the idea of a company on the side start to come into play? You, you talk about four or five years ago, you start to, you know, get the sketch pads back out and you start to draw and forget what the company's even starting to become. And we don't even know what it'll be three, five years down the road. But like, 
How does how does that start? How does that moment? Was there a moment there um, that you kind of said, you know what? I haven't drawn in a while. I want to draw today. I mean, it, was there a pivot moment that took place? Yeah, I think the the genesis moment really, Keith, was you know my wife had a, a health scare after the birth of our third child, uh, Charlotte, in the fall of 2018. She had a pulmonary embolism, um, and that that shook us up pretty good. You know, thankfully doctors were able to treat it. And, we're able to resume life, but I think just the fragility of that um, in that moment, um, I didn't go too far from home that winter. So I was looking for something to do and kind of got the board back out and started drawing. But I think what you just hit on was like, there was never this like, well, I'm going to start a side business. This is what I'm doing. I I was just doing it for fun. Um, I was doing it for me. And uh, when I drew the history of the U S open originally in 2019 and gave it to Tom coin to go around the country with, as he was working on his next book, a course called America, the reaction to that piece is is maybe what made me start thinking like maybe I've got something that people want. But I was also the pro at Hazeltine at the time. Like that was my focus. I had a career. I wasn't trying to do something different. Um, so it was it was kind of an accident, um, you know. If, if I'm telling the story of how this all started, you know, I'm interested in your choice for a second. When you did pull, you know, when you were sitting around and you're like, you know what, I like to draw, and you went to go draw something. Do you remember what you drew first, or what you attempted to like start to sketch? Yeah, I I was drawing the, the course map for Marion. I, I had a grid on Google Maps, and then I just I drew a grid on a piece of paper, and I was trying to use all the things that I knew how to do in architecture class in high school to just redraw it to scale. You know, I wasn't tracing it. It was just it was something that was going to keep me busy. So I drew the course map, and if, you, if you're familiar with the property at Marion, the, the course is shaped like an L, and then I had all this white space. And Marion's had all these USGA championships over 100 years, you know, the U.S. Opens, U.S. Amateurs, Women's Amateurs, Curtis Cups, Walker Cups. And I just started trying to draw the history into that white space. And, like, that's where it started. Um, I showed that to a friend of mine whose name is John Solomon, who's now the director of golf at Pebble Beach. And John was a Marion member. And I kiddingly kind of said, hey, John, what do you think of this? Do you even recognize it? And uh, he kind of joked back. He's like, hey, why don't you work on something for us at Pebble? Um, We've got the U.S. Open next year. And. Again, it was just something to keep me busy. I wasn't ever trying to monetize it or sell it. Um, it was something that if I liked at the end, I was just going to put on my wall, and that's how it all started. You know, it's interesting you bring up John's name. John went to Princeton, and uh, there's a lot of Princeton ties there, and Stu Francis, who just stepped down as the president of the USGA. It never ceases to amaze me how small the, the golf world is and that he played a role in all of that. Um, what, you know, Drawing, in a way, to me, could be very therapeutic, like the way that I might listen to music or do the things that I like to do, maybe work out or whatever, right? Um, what brings you joy about drawing? Well, I think it's the process, right? You're trying to create something. And for me, most times in my art, I'm trying to take something that already exists and I'm trying to recreate it. And I'm, I'm doing it in a perfectly imperfect way. Again, I'm, I'm not tracing it. I'm trying to measure um, and just use eyesight to recreate some things, um, use some tools. Um, but it's, you know, can I recreate something in a, in a drawn way? And I think, you know, when you, when you finish it up and you're able to start sharing it with people, it's pretty rewarding. When you were a kid, did your parents, you know, I'm interested in this drawing thing because it, as a talent, you know, most people just don't have that innate skill and you had it. Did your parents help foster this at all? Or was there like a mentor along the way that kind of kept you, maybe focused on that, that architecture goal, but even just the artwork in general, you know, because I mean, y- you have enhanced that talent over the years. And I'm, I'm always curious how that process takes place. Yeah, I think we're all a product of the people that we're surrounded by and the environment we, we were in. You know, I think my love for history is born of 
working at places like Seminole, Marion, and, and Hazeltine, I was talking about history all the time. Um, so I was looking for things that I could kind of connect with a, a drawing ability. My mom is really the artist in our family. Um, she's a, a watercolor painter, and then my dad is more the engineer mindset. So maybe I'm kind of a hybrid of, of them, I'm sure. But um, I think growing up, Keith, my dad, I was, I was lucky that he took me around the country when he was on business trips or were on family trips. And he took me to so many of the ballparks that existed in the 80s and 90s. And I was so fascinated by, like, old Tiger Stadium or Comiskey Park or, you know, Sky Dome had just opened and Olympic Stadium in Montreal was was open at the time. How different all these places were and, and how they were built in the it was really the seating charts that that got my attention whether it was the old arenas like boston garden or chicago stadium like i was just so intrigued by uh like those blueprints and those seating charts like that was my dream i was going to create like the next stadium or arena and uh, again i just i didn't have the grades to pursue it but dr drawing those kinds of things as a kid was really where it started for me that is unbelievable you know, a quick share from my side, my dad used to travel a bunch and he used to take me around to different sporting events. And I just love the stories that surrounded them. And I always thought that they were so unique and you could never predict what was going to happen. And as it turns out, I tell stories now. So it's like, it's, it's, it's just amazing. You know, I guess style filters down when it comes to life. Um, Archive 22. Chandler, I'm curious where the name came from as we get deeper into this. Um, at some point, you're going to create this company, and then you got to come up with a brand for it and everything. Where does Archive 22 stem from? Well, I think I was looking at all the things that I had done to that point. There was an article that came out last Christmas Eve in Golf Digest. Uh, Shane Ryan was a friend who put it out, and we were at uh, – my father-in-law was getting remarried uh, on the beach of Sanibel last Christmas, and I think it was sitting on a pool chair where I started giving thoughts like, maybe this is it. I've I didn't have a job at the time. We we're trying to figure out what the next chapter looked like. Um, but again, I think my love for history was born from Marion, and there's a room inside the clubhouse at Marion that's known as the Archive Room. And uh, the historian there, John Capers, you know, I think once you get inside that room, it, it's hard not to fall in love with so much of the history that's in there. So Archive is where that started. Um, when we tried to trademark the name, uh, shocker, most things are already taken. Um, so the company Archive was already taken. So to differentiate, we had to add something and, um, I had a meeting with Brendan Walsh on February 2nd of this year, a virtual meeting. He's the professional at Brookline and kind of pitched a, the U.S. Open Art that I was working on for him on February 2nd. So 2-2-22, Brendan said yes to what I was doing. And that's really, I think, the first yes that we got and really what pushed us in this direction. So we were born on 2-2-22 and, you know, combined with just a love of history is Archive 22. Oh, man, that's so cool. Um all right. Uh, I'm getting the nod here from Wade. I got to do a little uh, commercial time, but um, I want to get deeper into this and have some fun. I mean, uh, you mentioned falling in love with the history of the game and everything. I want people to fall more in love with this story. I'm just absolutely loving it, Chandler. Could you hold tight for just a couple seconds? Yes, sir. All right. Up next, more with Chandler and Archive 22. This is so cool. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Greenberg is Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. You know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers, then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and watch exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. 
Is there a better feeling than winning a bet? Take it from a professional, a PGA professional like Keith Stewart. When it comes to wagering on golf, you need to know more than analytics. Stats are just a description of a player's habits. But what causes those habits to repeat? There are other elements you need to consider to raise your betting acumen. If you're the type of person who loves to learn and earn by wagering, then you must read the line. With an easy-to-understand newsletter format, in five minutes a week, you can bet with confidence, knowing the picks are made by a golf professional. Golf betting lacks an expert voice. Read the Line brings over 25 years of experience in the golf industry to every prediction. Players are not an exact science, and neither is betting. But when you consider the human element of the game alongside facts and figures, you'll be able to elevate your winning reputation. Go to readtheline.com to subscribe, read, and win. That's readtheline.com. you got a great voice it's for radio. Time though. to get back on course. Thanks for radio. I, I get a lot of that, too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the Pro Show, and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with Chandler Withington. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. You know, I've always said the acronym PGA stands for all sorts of things. When I think of our guest today, professional golf artist fits the description. Thanks for the song, Wade, again. For Chandler and I, this one hits. Won't you come see about me? You know, we talk about being a product of growing up around certain things. Oh, yeah. How about John Hughes? Huh? <laughs> oh, man, what a gift right. to our teen years. I tell you, uh, if not for this song, I don't know. My love for music, pop culture, everything. Come on, give it to me. Thanks for that there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Let's jump back into our conversation with my entrepreneur friend here, Chandler Withington, PGA professional. And, you know, Chandler, you just launched this piece of art, right? And it, it's definitely a testament to your, I guess, work ethic and your ability not to give up on a goal. Um, before I get into how hard you had to work in order to create this thing, I'm curious, what's been the reaction of the marketplace? Well, very positive to start. I think the the thing that's really encouraging me is, you know, we first and foremost wanted to give it back to the 51 clubs that are their club logos are featured on the artwork. I mean, it, it really, in my mind, it belongs to them. So we wanted to focus on them first and foremost. And um, we were hearing from clubs, you know, as we're starting to ship out orders, you know, like Scioto, you know, sold out of their orders in one day and Skokie did as well. And, you know, people at Glenview were really gravitating towards it. Um, so I'm just I'm, I've, I just love hearing that the members at these clubs that are associated with the artwork love it and they want it on their walls. That's that's the biggest compliment that I've gotten so far. All right, I want to dig a little bit more into the origin story of this piece of art. So we're talking about the 51 different clubs that have hosted what 120 plus U.S. Opens at this point. Is that correct? That's right, 122. All right, so um, you went with the U.S. Open. You're a PGA professional. I mean, I know how deeply you are fond and love the Ryder cup or maybe a PGA championship or the masters or something like, how did you end up landing on doing this specific project? So back to what we were talking about earlier in the interview, I, I had done a piece. If people go into archive22.com and they look at the gallery, they'll kind of see the progression. Um, I'd done the piece for John saw at Pebble beach was, it was a course map, but I was able to kind of include the five logos of their past U S opens you know, from 72, 82, 
you know, 90, 92, et cetera. Right. And drawing those logos, it, it was, it was doable. Right. Um, at the same time, uh, Tom Coyne, who I've known from Philadelphia for a long time, and I know you do as well, um, was getting ready to travel America and he was going to play all these courses. But the, the common theme was he was going to play all the U.S. Open venues and just drawing those U.S. Open logos for John. I, I'd had this idea in my head for years that I just wanted to have things on my wall that were almost like the Wikipedia and, Keith, if you asked me who won the 1923 U.S. Open or 1916 or 1897, like I probably knew the answer, but I wanted to have something on my wall that would kind of engage those conversations because I was having them pretty often at the places that I was at. So I kind of told Tom, I said, look, I'm going to draw this thing that I, I think is the history of the U.S. Open. If you like it, maybe you take it on your trip. You're going to play all these U.S. Open courses and maybe you just kind of give it away to the clubs or the host, you know, whatever. Like, again, this wasn't anything we're trying to monetize and it was just an accident more than anything, but that's where it started. It just it was a collision of Tom's journey that he was about to take, uh, finishing up that piece for John Solomon with the 2019 U.S. Open. And then just I wanted something for my wall that I could – it was almost like having Wikipedia on my wall. I just – I wanted to have these different championships around me at all times that I could be like, well, remember 1972, you know, the, the one iron that Jack hit on the 17th of Pebble? Remember Tom Watson's chip in on 1782 or Tom Kite, you know, winning in the wind in 92? Like just those conversations – what um, are those moments that we love about the history of our game? You know, I, all right, I got to ask this question. Now I'm dying to ask this. You're talking about 51 clubs and you were trying to build consensus amongst them. I mean, you, like I, have decades of experience, you know, like 20 plus years of being in the club pro space. And you know how hard it is to get one membership to agree on something, to do something that you know is going to be like super vanguard for the membership and have vision and then and, and then act upon it. How the hell did you get 51 clubs to believe in you to do? I mean, you have got to be the most convincing golf professional I've ever met before in my life. Well, that's a, I appreciate you saying that. I think the, the reality is it was far from me just doing it alone. Um, I've told a lot of people, I said, at this point, the story is really not the artwork or anything that I've drawn or created. It's, it's all these people in my life, Keith, that um, in this whole process of, when I made this thing in 2019, I, you know, I made it and it was being passed around. It was out there. And then people started asking where they could buy it. And I was in a really tough place because it, as you know, you, I, you know, we're, we play a game of honor. I, I didn't want to sell things without proper permission. I have too much respect for the USGA, all the clubs that have been the Marion's on there, right? Oakmont's on there, Shinnecock, like all my friends are at these places. I'm not going to sell it without the proper permission. So this last year, you know, really it's started back in the summer. Uh, we started the process of, you know, we wanted to hit the putt and, and see how this looks and um, reach out to the clubs. But um, as I just alluded to, it was far from doing it alone. Uh, so many people, I think the list is over a hundred long of people who got involved at different clubs that whether they were a member, they were on the board or they knew the right person or they could reach out to someone. It's all these people in my life who believed in this um, and who advocated for it and, First and foremost, the PGA professionals. We started by reaching out to the PGA Pro at each one of these clubs and saying, we did a Zoom meeting. We said, here's what this is. Here's how this is going to work, if it's going to work. But um, kind of what you just alluded to, it's, you know, to, to get elected into politics, you have to get 51% of the vote. In this one, we had to get 100% of the vote. And um, I think what happened, Keith, if I were to sum up the, the feedback from one club, they said, look, you know, we've, we've never really done something commercially with a logo like this. Um, but we're really proud of our association with the USGA and the national championship and our place in history. 
And I think just as time went along, that's how the clubs viewed this, was they're proud of their association with the U.S. Open. We'd never really seen a piece of art like this before. And as momentum and clubs started signing up for it, I think group think took over. And I'm just so thankful that they all saw it in the same light. And I think it's something that they should be proud of. And I think that's what we're seeing today. I mean, one of the things I just love about the game and the clubs are the different logos and the way that you amplify them and you bring them together and the way that you draw them you know, it's just to me, it's just it's so much fun. I mean, the, you talk about the undertaking that you did and I, and I get it. You know, there had to be buy in from everybody and it takes a village to do all of these things. But, man, I tell you, there's something about you, Chandler. Uh, folks, if, if you're wondering who I'm talking to this afternoon, I'm talking to Chandler Withington. Chandler is a golf professional, but he just opened up a company, Archive 22. He's now doing that full time and he's creating art in and around the history of the game. you got to get to the what's the website for me? archives22.com all right man simple right everybody you got to get to this and you got to check it out um whether it's you know you're looking for that one golf gift for that golfer in the world that they've got every golf tie imaginable and every golf glove or ball that they need this is the thing for their wall that you just can't walk away from it's unbelievable and uh, you know hindsight's always 2020 and you've probably spent a year trying to get consensus from 51 clubs, maybe longer. You spent your whole career, you know, building relationships in order to get to this point. But if you let's have some fun for a second. If you could go back a year, a year ago, when you when you first started thinking about the genesis of this company, is there in what you've learned this year? What would you what would you tell yourself back then last December? It's not going to be as easy and as fast as you think. You know, I think it's um it's going to, and even still today, doing shows like this, it's going to take a while for us to build a brand and an identity and an awareness. You know, I think I've got 225 Twitter followers. I used to be on Twitter when I was at Hazeltine. and it was much, much more than that. And uh, it's just, it's going to take some time. So patience, persistence. Um, but I think what you just hit on is, is just all these relationships. Um, we just chip away at it and we, we just try to tell our story more and more each day and engage people and, tell them who we are and we hope people are, are attracted towards it. You know, the best part about stories like yours is that at some point you faced a ton of adversity and then you found a way to, f- to fight through it. And that message in and of itself is enough for this afternoon to inspire somebody in the transition that they're going through. Right. So there had to be a moment within the last year of trying to get to, just to get this piece of artwork together, forget the company for a second, just this, this one little simple thing, right? 51 clubs to buy in, right? There had to be a moment where like, you know, the rug was pulled out from underneath you. And I'm curious how, with all your training, your life, being a dad, being a, you know, a husband, right? How did you handle that moment? And what kind of message would you want to share with our listeners who are fighting the same kind of moments in their lives? Oh, there's, there's a ton of those moments. I think every other day, I'd, some days I'd wake up and be like, this is absolutely going to happen. And then the next day was like, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> so um, my family was so great. I've got three daughters. Um, that are now 11, seven and, and four. My oldest is pretty perceptive. I'm one on them having one of those days and she just comes over and gives me a hug. And I think what I just try to remind people is, yes, like we all have our careers and our vocations and our things that we're trying to accomplish, but try not to get so tied up in that being your identity. You know, I hope people don't see me as just a golf pro or just an artist or a historian. You know, I'm, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a friend, I'm a mentor. I'm, I'm a lot of things, but, um, you know, my identity is not tied up in whether we got this piece of artwork done and my self-worth. So take a step back and look at the big picture and, uh, you know, focus on what's important in this life. And I think that's the people that are around you. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I, 
I love the use of the word identity there. And um, specifically when it comes to you and I, I love the use of the word friend. And uh, I'm going to test that friendship this afternoon because you know I love to have some fun. And my, my listeners, they like to get no, to know my guests on a little bit more of an intimate level. So I got to find out. I mean, this is your first time on the show, first of many, I'm sure. But I got to find out uh, a little bit more about what makes Chandler Withington tick. Are you, are you up for a little rapid fire Q&A, my friend? I don't think I can hang up the phone now. I, I know what I signed up for, so let's get weird. All right, let's get weird. I love that. Here we go. Here comes the music, uh, all imposing. All right, uh, we'll start with an easy one. Um, favorite thing for you to shop for in an art supply store? Oh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm a color pencil guy, so I'm always like, what shade of color pencil don't I have? Oh, what's your favorite color? Well, I, everything I try to do is in shades of blue, but um, with all these different logos that I draw, I'm like, what logo don't I have or what color don't I have to draw this logo? So I'll actually be shopping again soon. All right, we're going to have some fun with this one. One surprise player who makes it on the U.S. Ryder Cup team in Rome. Yeah, oh, man, um, that's a great question. Um, come back to me at the end. Let me just do on that one at the end. All right, you have a flight from New York to Los Angeles, and you can pick who you will sit next to. Who do you want to be with for that six hours? Oh, give me somebody who's covered golf for a long time. Um, you know, I, I love talking to Mark Rolfing. Like, that would never get old. Give me Mark Rolfing. Describe live in one word. Disruptive. How many hole-in-ones do you have? One. Oh, all right. Where was that? Uh, Marion on the West Course. Uh, it was great. I made it with the, the Gallagher uh, brothers uh, on the 17th. Uh, I think they were like 12 and 10. Uh, made it with them, and uh, that was the best part of it was just watching the reaction of two young kids. And they, they, you know, they did a stick figure drawing for me and a picture that I still have. It was a great moment. Oh, man, that, that's unbelievable. I'd love to see that picture. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, rate your pickleball ability. Uh, I just played it for the first time uh, last Christmas down in Sanibel. I'd, I'd give me a solid four. I uh, would love to get better. Hey, man, you know, it's it's growing. Just just throwing it out there for you. Yeah, um, hey, you know, you might have some weekend time coming up, you know, just yeah. just just, you know, giving you just planting some seeds. All right. Uh, yep. if, we, if we made a movie about your life, what actor would play you? Oh, it's funny. I always was told uh, I had shades of looking like Edward Norton or um, what was the actor who played uh, the guy on Ferris Bueller? Who, who played Cameron? I look like that guy. So he Oh, God, from Secession. Um, yeah. Oh, I should know that or name. Or J.J. Or, or Henry would have to play me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I when I, you know, when I thought about this question, I was definitely down with Edward, Edward Norton because I think he could he could really portray the different levels that are you. You know, the different layers to the onion of Chandler. So I, I would I would go with Norton. That's a great guess. Um, where would you take your family on a trip? Anywhere in the world, but there's no golf involved. Oh, I mean, we're, we're going to Cabo in March, and I don't even know if I'm going to be able to bring the golf clubs. But honestly, like when I go on vacation, just put me next to a pool or, or a beach and without the golf clubs, and I'm good. I'm with you, man. I, I, I go sun over snow every single time. All right, one more for you. When you hear the word artist, who's the first person that comes to mind? Well, in our world, the, the one that I revere the most, I think most people do, is Linda Harto. I think she was the standard, you know, for what golf landscapes are. And uh, I think her, her work is the gold standard. Well, you know what? That's a great name. And there's a lot of other ones out there. But current events and a little bit of uh, recency bias, when I hear artist, I'm thinking of you, my friend. 
I can't thank you enough for coming on today and telling your story. Chandler, you are my hero, man. No, thank you so much. It means a lot to be on your show. You've been such a great cheerleader for me. And I think you were one of the first people to really start pushing me in this direction. So um, I'm thankful for people like you. Thank you. Well, hey, man, it's all part of the journey, and uh, we're only in the middle of it. So enjoy the moment and enjoy the holidays, my friend. Folks, we are running into 4 o'clock faster than uh, faster than Wade likes it at this point. So thanks for listening to ESPN 920. I'm coming back to wrap up today's show with always the weekly update. The Max Kellerman Show. You know, there was no one there like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly 15 years ago. So you got to wait. It's 650 Gs. And now he's being sued. I don't know. I, you can't just not show up for work. But, but if he's not, like, doing anything fraudulent and they're just sending him the checks, I mean, why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show, weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN+. The Stick and Act Challenge app is available now for iOS. Now, the Challenge app is like no other golf game out there. It takes the focus off of your final score and instead turns you around into a collection of challenges, objectives, and accomplishments. With more than 90 unique challenges to choose from, you'll never have the same experience twice. And if that's not enough, you can also challenge friends or strangers to see who comes out on top. Plus, with an XP system that rewards your successes, you'll be motivated to keep pushing yourself further. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out with the game, the Stick and Act Challenge app is the perfect way to add some extra fun to your golf game. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show on ESPN 920. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Oh, man, loving this vibe right now. Oh, been standing here all day. But you know what I'll do tonight? I will post that podcast on all platforms for everybody. You know where to find it. Of course, ooh, Trey hitting it right here. Uh, how about a little social media, folks? You tilt to the right. All right, yeah. At KJ Stewart PGA, Instagram, Twitter. You know where to find me. Ooh, right here. Cause half of what I say is lies And it takes so much to keep up this disguise Only half? Yeah, exactly If you want to hear the other half Get to 920ESPNNewJersey.com Hit the listen now button And of course, if you want to learn more about the game of golf Readtheline.com Oh man You know what? We all want a little more And Trey, the way he phrases it here Is just exquisite the memory is still so real. The memory is still so real. I guess it's never really over, even when it's over. I know that from time to time, I get you into songs, right? And you find and you yes. dig deep, right? We all want a little more, right? We do want it a little more. Or, yeah. or a lot more, or a little more. Well, you know, Depends. but if you listen to what he's talking about here, you know. It's a world gone mad. There must be something more than this, right? Yes. Here. And the trumpet call is sounding. Ooh. All right, we can go on for days here. I mean, this might be the 19-minute version, so um, let, let's jump to the update, of course. But before we do that, as the holiday season approaches, and I was talking to our friends from TaylorMade about 2023 and beyond today, um, we want to thank them for their sponsorship, as always, and remind everybody, get to TaylorMadeGolf.com for your golf holiday needs. All right, 
Kiz and Homa are Nelly fans, of all things. Well, back in Naples, Florida. It, ooh, ooh, yeah. It's always hot in here. <laughs> it's safe to say Nelly Corda made a strong impression Friday at Tiburon Golf Club last week at the QBE. For the first time in the event's history, the shootout has two women, Lexi and Nelly, playing, of course, two great choices. Um, you know, they played great, and they played along Max Holm. Nelly played alongside Max Homa and Kevin Kisner during Friday's first round. Homa and Kisner were asked about seeing Corda play in person for the first time, and they were full of praise. Here's a great exchange. Kisner, I think I called her the Tiger Woods of the LPGA Tour at one point. And through like seven or eight holes, I said she's hit every shot just like she wants to. Um, like, does she ever hit a bad shot? I have no idea. <laughs> I've never seen her hit a bad shot. We were laughing all day. Homa, it, it was a bit outrageous. Kisner, she drove it down the middle. Homa, she drove it down the middle on every hole. <laughs> she almost hit the pin like three times. Homa, he goes, and she chipped it great. So I, I, don't, I don't know how she doesn't win every week. Kisner, I asked her if she does win every tournament. Homa, she says no. And Kisner says, no, I don't believe you, right? Whether that's up for debate or not, um, one thing's for sure. Kiz and Homa can be tough critics online. So with this kind of praise, I think we all should take notice, you know? Absolutely. I think next season, Wade, um, you're going to be playing a lot of Nelly. <laughs> I'm right? going to get a different song. Oh, yeah. It would it, it would be just so awesome to have her just absolutely dominate everything. All right. Oh, ooh, a Moroccan win. Well, it wasn't in the World Cup. I but... don't know what this sounds like, but it's supposed to be Moroccan music, okay? Okay. Okay. Oh man, I like that. That's a good early morning vibe in the gym. Nice. I like that beat. <laughs> in the All gym. Right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, the Morocco's Ines uh, Lachenlech has become the first golfer from North Africa to qualify for the LPGA Tour, having been inspired by the coach behind her country's World Cup run and, and cutter. Right, the Casablanca resident. She's from Casablanca. This is so cool. All right, fired a one over par 73 in the final round at Highland Oaks in Alabama on Sunday. Yet she finished at 19 under par and in 12th place for qualifying. And she said, "I'm a big fan of the Moroccan national team, so I'm super happy, and I'm happy that I qualified for the LPGA. It definitely gave me an extra boost on the course." The Alice Lions have become the first African side to reach the semifinals of the football's World Cup. Now, of course, we know they lost to France, but still a great story. And Lakalek has been using the positive attitude of Moroccan coach Walid, uh, I don't even know. Don't even try. Uh, uh, when speaking about his squad while on the course. I've been watching very closely while the national coach is saying about the team because of its history and yada yada. His words gave me great confidence that anything is possible. There you go. Mm -hmm. Right. I know they didn't make the World Cup finals, but a little inspiration seems to go a long way there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Absolutely. I, I'm wondering, who have you inspired this year? Myself. I inspire myself. All right. Well, you know, you got to start there. You do. You know, I can't inspire me. Who else am I going to inspire? I tell you, if, if you weren't if you weren't personally inspired, how would I get inspired? I expire. I don't inspire. Yeah. <laughs> In an unrelated Alabama story, uh -huh. interesting. All right. Uh, Pul oh, Poulter wins. What's going on here? Oh, Ian Poulter's son, Luke, won his maiden collegiate title at the Willow Cup in Alabama, shooting rounds of 67 and 68 for a nine under par total and a one stroke victory. The 18 year old who plays for the Gators as a freshman at the University. At Sorry. the University of Florida, played his last seven holes in five under par at Willow Point Golf and Country Club. I know this has felt like a very long time coming, but Luke would, but Luke, we right. couldn't be more proud, said Dad Ian on social media. Winning isn't easy, and it's not supposed to be. The hours of hard work and disappointments make this all the sweeter. You will reach your goals and more. Now, so with a professional career set to be in the works following his spell at the University of Florida, he also made the quarterfinals 
at this year's English Amateur Championship and appeared in the RNA's Boys Amateur. It is oh. your destiny. Um, imagine if he did make it as a professional. I wonder if he would follow in all of his father's footsteps. Ooh. You know? He might. Yeah. Over to live. <laughs> I thought that's, oh, that's where you, I, I was. Yes. I, I thought that's where you're going. All right. Well, I was, but I was just, his name's Luke and it's his father. What else am I going to play? You would have threw, threw rocks man, at anybody and play that. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> oh, man. I tell you, you know, it's December. It's just December, right? Okay. <laughs> Jack can go back to work. Oh, oh this is this, this Don't is a let great. Me cut off your access to Jack. Yes. Uh, in an interesting turn of events earlier this year, Jack Nicholas was sued by the Nicholas companies. Originally reported by Sports Illustrated, the complaint <laughs> alleged uh, torturous interference, breach of contract, and breach of fiduciary duty. Is it possible in any way then to sue you people? <laughs> while claiming Nicholas was paid $145 million in 2007 to provide exclusive services and property to the Nicholas companies. The suit accused the 18-time major champion of working directly against the company oh, no. and said Nicholas had failed to deliver on the terms of the deal struck 15 years ago. Sue everybody. One breach of contract mentioned in the suit was Nicholas's negotiations with the Saudi Arabic Public Investment Fund oh, boy. and the $100 million offer from Live Golf to be its CEO. An offer Nicholas declined. No kidding, right? I will never let go, Jack. Oh, man. So they had to have a New York Supreme Court judge, Justice Joel M. Cohen, and he weighed in this week on the following ruling until these matters are resolved at a full trial, possibly in 2023. So, um, But the date has not been set yet, right? Sure. Um so this means that the Nicholas Company could potentially compete with his former home, uh, the Nicholas Companies, for design Very work and other businesses, except this. commercial endorsements. So he has no he has no more name, image, and likeness, right? Jack, do as I say. Yeah, exactly. The name of Nicholas, new venture, is 1-JN, LLC. I mean, he can't even use his own name. Pretty confusing, isn't it? A business co-owned by his wife, Very Barbara. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Nicholas, you might say I have nothing to prove. But I have a lot left to give. As a statement from the Nicholas Companies indicated, this is simply part of the legal process and precludes a trial in 2023. Uh, we still hope for a collaborative and amicable resolution to these matters. Despite this, the disparaging statements orchestrated by Mr. Nicholas's attorneys mm. against Nicholas Companies and Jack's business partner, we continue to have great admiration for Jack and his accomplishments. Sue so everybody. And we will use our rights to his name, image, and likeness to keep his legend alive. We will do everything we can to ensure his legacy lives on for generations to come. I, I guess just not for Jack's generations. That's it. That's it. Right? <laughs> That's what a world. Everyone but him. Okay. Uh, no, here's a good one. No longer a wedding crasher. Will Zalatoris has been nursing a bad back since the FedEx Cup playoffs. But he found an important way to fill his schedule between starts by tying the knot. The former Wake Forest star and 2014 U.S. Junior Amateur Champion announced his engagement to girlfriend Caitlin Sellers, also a Demon Deacon from Wake Forest, with a series of pictures on Instagram back in April of 2021. The post included the caption, best day of my life, I love you. Oh, there you go. On Tuesday, also via Instagram, Zalatoris posted a photo of the happy couple with the caption, can't wait to spend the rest of your life with my best friend, I love you. I can't believe you're playing White Wedding right now. <laughs> You'll remember one week after the long-awaited first PGA Tour victory, he withdrew the next week in Wilmington with a back injury. However, the Century Tournament of Champions recently announced that Zalatoris is expected in the field for the event in early January. So I guess at least part of the honeymoon 
will be in Hawaii. There you go. Right? Beautiful. Oh, uh, wait, hang on. No word as to whether or not Vince Vaughn was attending the celebration. <laughs> and that's your Pro Show update for the week ending December 16th, 2022. <laughs> Thanks, of course, to our sponsors, TaylorMade Golf and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Of course, my man on the hot button there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Tremendous of plum as always. Now, you know I love my listeners. So before I go, I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about management. When it comes to leading others, excellence and fairness do not have to be mutually exclusive. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the team next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.